1: Phil Mackey. When will I
0: know when I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you. Judd Zolgad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I have a business proposition for you. I have a proposition for you. I've got a proposition for you guys. I want to hear proposition.
2: Well, let's hear them. It's Minnesota sports Profit time with Mackey and Judd. All
1: right, InterMax has put together... A list for he was so good putting these together last week that we've uh, we've given him the keys to this segment here. So I don't know if we're going to get through all eight of these, but we'll try our best to to make it happen, gentlemen. And Max, why don't you uh, since you're making the over unders here? Why don't you start us off with? I'll give you guys the over unders, and Max will be the leadoff hitter for this segment. Oh boy! Right? (laughs) This is Big Max. Are you ready for this, Max? That's the knowledge. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, this will not be a Mensa exam, nor will it be sports geography. Just still waiting on those results, actually.
3: Wow. I feel like it's, it's ridiculous. They're laughing been, right, right well, 23 now. Twenty-three the hours. They're like, this guy scored this bad?
4: They're going to wait for the actual 24 hours. I'll get it here in like an hour, and we'll go over them. Yeah, do okay. they have Barry sitting in uh,
2: some apartment actually grading the exam with a red pen? And boxers. Let's go here. Boxers and a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> Probably is. All right. Let's go, with, uh, let's go with this one here, since we're talking about Brian Dozier. Will Brian Dozier still be playing for the Twins after the July 31st trade deadline? Yeah, I absolutely
4: believe he will. Okay. Because um, I think the Twins are going to pull it together here, and we're oh. going to be about two to three games back, the Twinkies, and uh, they're going to have to probably make a move for themselves.
1: So the Twins are going to be uh, buyers at the deadline, and yes. Brian Dozier will be will be
3: heating up. Yep. Okay? Yep. Judd? Absolutely not. He will be traded. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Lynn, Lomo, Doge, Fernando Rodney, see you all later. These guys are going to be too smart to be fooled by, by the fact that, that they really think that they're going to make a uh, playoff run. I still think Cleveland's going to go out and get a couple of bullpen pieces and win this division by 15 to 20 games. Uh, Brian Dozier will be among a few players dealt before the deadline, if not the uh, July 31st one, then the uh, playoff deadline in late August. I think if the Twins are in first place or close,
2: all of those names you mentioned, Judd, won't be dealt, but I think it doesn't matter on Dozier. I think the front office wants to trade him. They see Nick Gordon coming. They see their solution at second base is right around the bend if not ready to be here right now. So why not make that move for the future and you got a guy who hopefully can uh, jump in right away and at least hold down the spot for the yeah. rest of the year if you're contending for a playoff spot.
1: I think they have to decide well, three things. They have to decide what can they get for him if they if they shop him and I'm sure they'll be shopping him. But then they have to also decide is what they can get for him better or worse than just taking a draft pick if they offer him the qualifying offer after the season but then like what if he accepts the qualifying offer he probably won't but a lot of players Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn immediately rejected one year, $16 million it's the qualifying offer, he's making less because of it correct, so if if you're looking around the league and you're a 31 year old position player and there's three or four other guys, a lot of them were pitchers but and those guys couldn't find multi-year contracts I mean, teams aren't oblivious to the same deficiencies that the Twins are looking at. And teams might say, well, the Twins didn't really engage Dozier, and why would we want to sign him to a three-year deal? So I almost think just to avoid that whole situation, you would trade him before July 31st. I'm going to say he will not be on the roster after the July 31st trade deadline. Way to go on that one, Max. Uh, No, but you don't want to go... I like Max going against the grain, though. You don't, if you're... (laughs) If you find ninety percent of people agreeing with you in life, you're probably going down the wrong path, Max. Unless it's drug related or you know well, criminally tied somehow. We want we don't want to go down that path. So. No, you do not. Um, will the Wolves make a serious move in the off season to make them an actual contender in the West? Yes or no, Max? Uh, no. I it's
4: the West is just way too stacked. Even if we go, I mean, we're not going to get LeBron. We're probably not getting Kyrie, even though you guys like Kyrie. But so I mean, if we don't do those moves, yeah, no, we're not going to be competing in the West.
3: Um, no, they won't. Yes, they should, but they they won't. Uh, the Kyrie idea is really good. It borders on genius. It should be done. I would do it. They won't. Tibbs is going to. I could. I, I think. I think they're going to probably uh, gauge the market on Andrew. I believe what they will find out is they can't get enough. Glenn Taylor will step in. It's going to be the same old... They'll be a playoff team, I believe, in 2018-19, but they will not make a huge move. They might try. Does that count? No. They
2: won't be successful. They're not, right. I mean, I, I agree I, I, Honestly, I'm not even sure they'll try all that hard just because I don't have faith that <laughs> you even have the yeah. pieces to really pull it off that anybody would be interested in. So maybe you make a good faith effort, but no.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they will either... And if they don't, then this will be the last year of Tom Thibodeau as president of basketball operations and coach of the Wolves. That would be my next, that would be my extension to that one. Uh, how about this? Chances, let's put a percent chance on this. Percent chance the Twins sign a player to a $100 million contract or more this offseason. Max? I think there's def- this is definitely in play uh,
4: like it hasn't been ever before for the Twins. Um it's just gonna come down. Manny Machado could come here. It's just gonna come down to. I mean, what are the Red Sox or the Yankees gonna do? But uh, I, I'd, I'd give it like you know, forty-five percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's good. Whoa. Oh, okay. All right.
4: I mean that. I mean, it's not just Manny Machado too. There's other guys. Out. I mean, Bryce Harper's not coming here, but wouldn't that be amazing if the if Derek Falvey <laughs> just said
1: just rips a shot of bourbon and says five hundred million?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah.
1: <laughs> the pollards like.
3: What'd you do today? (laughs) I signed both of them.
1: I stole your checkbook.
3: I signed Harper and Machado. (laughs) Um, There are are great ideas born in the studio on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Those ideas often are not uh, put into play. And unfortunately, in this case, I think the odds of uh, such a contract being signed by the Twins are very low. I think Machado probably will choose elsewhere. I don't know. E- even with clearing the amount of uh, of space that the Twins will and with the four-point plan that you talked about at the top of the show, Phil, I don't know that the Twins will actually aggressively do this. Uh, so I think all those things will conspire to the answer being no on, a, uh, on such a contract being offered out by the Twins and signed by a player. We needed a percent, Judd. Um, 5%, very small. Okay, it's actually lower. It's
2: 3.2%. It's non-zero, <laughs> but it's 3.2. It's one thing to be willing to do it and want to do it, as in you, Darvish. It's another thing to convince one of those free agents that they want to come here and play for the Twins. And after seeing what happened this April with the weather, to convince them that that's no, it's no big deal, you'll be fine, and the team can compete. I still have to wait and uh, see it when I believe, or believe it when I see it. I
1: think it's 100% that they're going to be kicking the tires on Machado, and that they would offer nine figures. But we're not talking about you, Darvish, nine figures, where it's like just over nine figures. We're talking about probably 200 plus million dollars if it's a close to a decade long contract. Crooked numbers. Which means I'm more with Dave and Judd. I'm going to I'm going to be a little more optimistic. I'm going to say it's like eight percent. What an eight percent chance. Okay. Bumping
3: her up to eight percent.
1: Yep. Um, 45. Wow. And then and then this. Let's do one more here. Over under, and this is going to be individual for all four of us. Over or under 1.5 games that you guys will watch of the World Cup. So we'll say mostly full games, not oh it was on and we had it on in studio, but right. like you go home and you seek out oh, World Cup games. Okay. Over or under 1.5 games that you're going to watch of the World Cup that starts tomorrow. I'll probably go over, but it's going to be be close. It's going to be like three,
4: three games. <laughs> it'll be it'll be the actual final. And maybe maybe a couple games that Cristiano Ronaldo's playing because I like watching him. But yeah, not too many.
3: I go to Brits, so over. Um, I'll probably watch a few games there. England is fun to watch with with those guys just because they're so passionate about it. So not a ton over, but probably four games or so. Okay. I'm like Judd when bowl
2: games are on. Get off my lawn. Get off my TV. That one and a half is actually one and a half too high. You could have put it at half, and I and think you're just oh
1: no wow. I'm out. Really? If it's the, the U.S. was sport. in, I might
2: give it a shot, but I'm not a soccer guy,
1: so I'm not going to tune into Italy versus Paraguay. Wow, it's it's way over for me even without the U.S. If it, if the U.S. was in, I'd probably be wearing my American flag banana hammock to work every day. Like I'm in on the World Why Cup. Not do that anyway. Yeah, I'd like maybe I yeah, will celebrate Don't this country me.
2: every single day. Don't tempt yeah, me. Yeah, do
1: it. We call, like it. we call it old glory. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Pass it around the friend circle. <laughs> Stop right now. That's right, uh, it's over for me. It would be almost all of the games that were possible to consume if the U.S. was still in it. Um, so those are your Minnesota sports and or outside of Minnesota sports prop bets and over unders. Good job, InterMax. We'll just wait on those yes. men's results now. Here in the next hour. Nice or job, two. Max. Yeah. yeah, very solid. Let's see what happens. Um, later on, we're gonna we're gonna spice it up with some home run write that down predictions, forced home run predictions in about 50 minutes from
3: right now. I am trying, and I'm going deep, I'm going real deep, Aaron Judge like, <laughs> wow. On mine, I am swinging for fences. I'm swinging for the. Different counties, basically. Why don't you start by telling us about Prime Mortgage Lending? I I will indeed. And if you're trying to find a mortgage company, I want to suggest, as Phil just said, my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. And I want to do it because, folks, this isn't about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you that loan. That's right. That means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they want to do is sit down, meet with you first, explain their plan. And from there, the decision is up to you. That's because this is about two very important things, both to the people at Prime and Kent. Those two things are teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can actually pay your closing costs? That's right. Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for for you. All all you need to do is go to this website, goprimewithkent.com. Once again, that's goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Do it today and more Mackie and Judd. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back.
2: Are we ready?
0: Let's get it on. On 1500 ESPN.
2: And welcome back to Real 1500 ESPN here are your hosts, Philip Mackey and Judson Zalgad.
1: Remember, the, was it the first year we did this show and we had so much fun for 30 days watching the U.S. men's soccer team during our show? Yeah, it was great. And you know, we found a bunch of fun theme songs, like, well, we found a bunch of stuff. On, we just would constantly play things like this, when they would score goals. And... Yes. No!
3: Oh, no, no, no! And this time of year... It was, it was great. It was perfect. Yeah, I don't know. I, I
1: it was it, absolutely it's, perfect. It's a little bit of a buzzkill. I don't think anyone here is diehard soccer. Dave's the least of anything soccer on the show. I am, but I do have to amend my answer.
2: I'll have it on the TV in here when we're working. I forgot about that, so I'll at least have an eye on it. Okay, so
1: you'll just like as you're sitting in a work yeah. setting, you'll put it on the TV. Oh. Um, so
3: you so you won't really care, but you'll observe during work time. I, it was like last yeah, two weeks with the it.
2: French Open. I'm not a huge tennis fan, yeah. but hey, it's on. It's pretty cool. What the heck? Yeah, that's fair.
1: Um, I, I played th- soccer growing up. I like to think of myself as a soccer stud. Isn't that the funny thing? That pretty much every kid who played sports started playing soccer when they were in first or second grade. The, Judd might have been a little before that craze. That might have been like a no, 70s I played, and 80s craze. I played or soccer. Too? Oh, okay. yeah.
3: Did you score soccer, too? No, no, I did not score soccer. I did not score soccer. I, I played for about four or five years and I was a great soccer goon. Slide tackle. (laughs) I love all you
1: have to do. Did did they get red card? Could you get red carded in a youth soccer game? I
3: was, I could have, but I was effective because they tell you all you have to do is make sure that, that you go for the ball. So if the guy had, you know, yeah, if, if you the, the guy's coming first. down with the ball, all you have to do is angle towards that ball and take him out. Oh yeah. And so I was good. I was a goon. If you hit the Full ball back. first,
1: you can pretty much snap a guy's leg in half, right? and they don't care. Yeah, for sure. No. no hey, I got the no ball. No red card. Mm-hmm. No nothing. Wouldn't it be great if basketball fouls were like that too? If as long as whatever you do starts with the ball, you go up for the block and you get hand on ball first, and then you can literally stab a guy in the ribs <laughs> down low. Just take as your long left long you hand the and punch first, him right in the face. Yeah. Um, I happened to this weekend, I listened to, it's a, it's like a five part series. It was an audio documentary by WNYC studios, uh, in New York. It's one of the, one of the top podcast production studios in the country. They put out all kinds of good stuff and it's called American fiasco Mm -hmm. and it just chronicled the rise of us men's soccer in from 1990 ish when they went to their first world cup in 50 years, they so they, they won the world cup in 1930, was it? Or they whatever it was. Like they were in nineteen thirty they were relevant for some reason. All right. And then they went and then they went another they they went to a World Cup at some point, but it was like fifty years and they didn't go to a World Cup and it was and soccer was a laughing stock and completely irrelevant. And it chronicles the rise from nineteen ninety all the way through the late nineteen nineties when it sort of derailed and they had to pick up the pieces again in two thousand two. And it was for me it was a reminder of two things. Number one, I just remember as a kid Reading Sports Illustrated for kids in the '90s and seeing Kobe Jones and Alexi Lawless and Eric the 94 and,
3: team was a lot of fun. Yeah, but that they got but
1: they got in because they were the hosts. Right. you know they didn't have to earn their way in in '94. So it, my recollection was misguidedly, by the way. Oh, it was just like a bunch of characters and like the 2 team was the team that really really helped put soccer on the map, and it did in terms of how far they went in the World Cup. But um, I think I don't think it's irreparable damage that this team did to the program 30 years of building but I think it sets them back a long time and and I I guess I didn't realize how good they were between 1994 and and 1998 and 2002 I mean they beat teams like Brazil they beat Argentina Colombia Mexico mm-hmm. several times in the this is after the 1994 World Cup between that and and 1998 qualifying but have you heard the story about how it all derailed no cuz I didn't I know not. this and I'm wondering if anyone, anyway, if, if Dave or Max, if you've heard this story about how how the mid '90s soccer craze when, and the women were the women won have won like three World Cups, but where the men were on the rise, and Alexi Lalas was one of the top players, and you had U.S. men's players playing in the top leagues in the world now for the first time too in the '90s, but it, but basically number one they hired an inexperienced interim coach uh, Steve Sampson, they hired him from kind of a smaller college on the West Coast. Was it Santa Barbara or like Santa name. Clara or something? And he just kind of like snuck into this interim interim job, and they won a couple games, and they made him the coach. But then by the end of it, the players hated him, and he was trying to impose you know his will and his style and didn't work. But the other thing that happened, basically the captain of the team, John Harks, slept with Eric Winalda's wife. That's a bad idea. And it was kept quiet among everybody else publicly and even a lot of the, the team members it, it the, the way it played out publicly was hey the captain of the team is not going to be on the 1998 world cup roster and people were like what like the coach is an idiot and right and Eric Winaldo waited a decade to go public with it. Like 2010, he was doing some commentary for, I think it was Fox Sports, Fox Soccer or something. And he talked about it. And there was a similar incident with another team. And he said, well, this actually happened. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but this actually happened to us yeah. in the late 1990s. So it was, it was maybe a questionable coach hire. And then it was. It was like the movie Major League, where you've got Roger Dorn and you've got Rick Wild Thing Vaughn, and that's how this amazing period where the U.S. men's team became one of the best teams in the world for a two or three year stretch. The Alexi Lalas and Eric Winaldi years, and then they had to sort of rebuild it with Bruce Arena in the, uh, I, had in no the early 2000s. I had no idea. I and I didn't know that until that. I listened to this documentary. I'm like, what? That's really interesting. how is this not a more told story? Maybe it is if you're a diehard soccer fan that this is. This right. is how that rain ended or that right. potential rain. Um uh, but I I think listening to some of the stories and some of the the history like that draws me in even more makes me even more mad that for 30 days the US men's national team is going to be sitting on their couch watching
3: the top teams in the world. The 94 team when when it, it was played here too, it was it was a lot of fun because it drew so many casual fans and that's where I think this hurts. I, I the sport is big enough now in this country where, where kids w- will continue to play it. But I think what really hurts is, is casual sports fan. Because this is a perfect time. There's nothing. I mean, there's baseball. Yes. But there's nothing go- going on that's all that compelling. And so if you give casual sports fan, like us, 30 days, we get drawn in. And it, th- this is not to say that we won't watch it now, but it's not as much fun. And so I don't think that this necessarily means that oh my gosh kids are going to stop playing soccer or not like soccer. But what I do think it means is because the World Cup too is watch those games they're outstanding. Mm-hmm. The MLS it's it's fine it's decent but you know it's what the fifth best league in the world the sixth best league something some people like would
1: say like cl- between 5 and 10 but probably closer to 10 okay but,
3: yeah. but the point being the world cup if you get drawn in you say to yourself this is really really good and so now you're you're going to have people watch it but it's not going to be the the same so i think i think where the sport really gets hurt is casual fan starts watching soccer says this is fun to watch i'm going to go to a game or i'm going to watch more That person's now essentially gone.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, we've, we've spent multiple segments throughout the years trying to figure out, okay, what would, what would it take for the U.S. men's national team to be one of the top five powers in the world? And, um, I think it's pretty simple. If you're a 12 to 18 year old kid, Right now in the United States, you're choosing American football over soccer, largely, like the top athletes. Not all of the top athletes, but by and large, like a larger percentage of basketball. kids are looking to go play American football. They're looking to play for Alabama as a football player. Um, yeah, basketball. For sure. Baseball fading, but baseball still probably above soccer in that regard. If you're a Mike Trout, you're choosing baseball over soccer right now. And there's other sports too, like lacrosse has been popular among it's grown a lot, young yes. athletes. And for... For you know, for for the women's side, there's not as many dominant powerhouse programs around the world, for one. But number two, there's no American Football League that's relevant for women. Um, softball, probably not nearly as high profile if you compare you know, men to women. So you know, I, I think the WNBA would be, in terms of like if you're a 15-year-old athlete and you're a woman, what are you going to choose? And basketball's on the rise for sure in that department. But it's like you don't have as many sports I, to have to, to choose over soccer if you're a woman right now. Men are choosing four or five different sports. For the
3: life of me, though, I don't understand how you don't qualify. Like I get they oh, it's, didn't. It's incredibly rare I, and embarrassing. I yeah. get they didn't. But how how did you miss this thing? Now if they you, lost to countries that have a yeah, thousand people. And if you go now, if you go to the World Cup and you're awful, okay, that's embarrassing. That's too bad. But you're there. To not qualify after all of this country has been through to try and build the sport, and and the fact that we do have a lot of people who still play the sport, to not get into the tournament boggles my mind.
1: Yeah, and it should have been immediate. Everyone in leadership positions should have been fired. Like, it's... It's just it. It
3: does set you back. If They weren't. It should have been the next day. Yeah, they're not at night. It doesn't
1: set you back to where U.S. soccer was in the '70s or the '80s. But it sets you back. It's not quite like okay, now you got to build it back up like they did in 1990. But it definitely it takes 30 years of momentum or almost 30 years of momentum, and it it's more than just like two steps back, one step forward, and or one no, step this back, is, two steps
3: forward. This is it's, four steps back at least. Yeah, it's because a guy like Dave might say I think it's more like three and a half steps back. But yeah. I, Two and a half. Uh, yeah, two point seven. Yeah. But a guy like Dave might might say, I don't care. But if the, the US plays, he flips it on and he thinks, okay, so so let's say there's a thousand Dave's and let's say a hundred of, of them say, Oh, this was pretty good. I might go to a game. My those people are all gone now. Yeah. Those people ain't gonna turn it on. Those people aren't going to say, "Well, Fox is showing the World Cup this year, so I think I'm going to watch Russia." No, they're 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 going to say I'll watch the baseball game or something else entirely.
2: Yeah, if US was making a run in the World Cup, they were in the medal rounds or whatever we call it, championship match, I would absolutely 100% be watching that match and have it on. I don't care really who it is now. It's just like any other match. Doesn't matter that it's going to be the championship or not. It's Oh great, it's Germany and whoever Brazil, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. And I'm a little above that, but yeah, I, I definitely empathize with that for sure. So shame on you, United States men's national team. Yeah, you Stakey lost list. me. Uh, what do you got in stuff next for us, Dave? Such good stuff. We've got a great dad move. We've got a
2: presser hack to get to and a ranking of the 10 worst NBA draft picks since the year 2000. You can bet the Timberwolves oh are God. represented.
0: Sit tight. The Mackey and Judd show will continue in a moment. We'll be back in the game before you know it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The- Mackey and Judd are back. One of the most absurd things you can do in sports media on 1500 espn
2: that's stuff you should know about is sponsored by kfc this summer get a kfc extra crispy 20 dollar fill-up meal includes eight pieces of extra crispy chicken plus all the fixings this offer is not everywhere and not forever prices may vary tax and substitutions extra
0: Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. Uh, on, on the TCL TV in
1: here, we've got the, on the Levitard show. They're showing they must have done some kind of a celebrity uh, American Ninja Warrior thing. <laughs> yeah. Where the producer of Levitard show, Mike Ryan, is going through an American Ninja Warrior course. <laughs> I mean, how do you think like any so of us do that? He how many of us right would now. have any chance on an American Ninja Warrior card? Oh, not even close. I'd love to see how
2: far I could get.
1: So he's like jumping his whole body from like the beginning part where the American Ninja Warriors will just use their feet to go boing 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 back and forth on the lily pad things. Oh my god, they're up in the air, raised up at angles. He's like, jumping. I think
3: Dave. I think Dave might have a chance. I would fall immediately.
1: I feel like I could do as
2: well as he's doing, which is jumping from each one and hanging on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, what is he doing? Ninja it's Warriors so coming to U.S. Bank Stadium at some point. I know. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's I mean, maybe happen. we could set this up, Mackie and Judd live broadcast. Each of us gets a shot. <laughs> I, Mackie I, and I Judd would,
1: now dead. I would do it. It would be an epic, glorious disaster. <gasps> I'd be, I'd be, oh my! This be is, in
2: for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to be focusing a lot on this segment. We'll, we'll try to get through it. Uh, <laughs> let's start with a recap of the parades last night <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> Oh, he hits it in the water. Yeah. Celebrating both the NBA and NHL uh champions first of all, the NBA. Did you realize the Warriors spent about a million bucks just on booze?
1: Yeah, they spent That's pretty just good. in the locker room itself or for the or for the it parade. About 400,000
2: or so if you do the math with the champagne at about a 1500 a bottle plus the beer in the locker room postgame game and then an extra half million yesterday. Uh, wow. to spray champagne to the crowd in Oakland. And then there was the cheap beer swilling Alex Ovechkin. Yes! And the Washington Caps.
0: And the one and last thing. Before the year, I said, not me say it's uh, it just us saying, we're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.
3: blue collar baby blue collar
1: did you guys see Bud Light. did you see the innovative way that TJ Oshi took down his beer yes. brilliant
3: yes pull the jersey over the face and then drink the beer through the jersey there's a the name mouth. for it i i heard i can't recall it, what it was but there's actually a name to do that where you put the jersey on your face drink the beer through your jersey TJ, uh, TJ, I think, is a professional beer consumer. Let's say that. Well, he's a hockey player, so yeah, I would think that He's that's very cool. good at it. But yeah, that was pretty Accurate. cool. The big lead
2: has just come out with a list of the 10 worst NBA draft picks since the year 2000. How many Wolves picks do you think are among that 10? There's been
0: a lot oh of bad God. picks I think from a lot of different two. teams. Two. There's I think at
2: least two. I would say three. In a shocking development... There's only one. Johnny Flynn, right? Johnny Flynn is number three on the list. I mean,
1: Derek Williams, number two overall. He didn't Come make the on. cut. He didn't make the cut. Wow. Who's
3: ahead of Johnny Flynn? I would... Who do you think? Who would be ahead of There's Johnny There's two Flynn. ahead of Johnny. I mean, that's one of, this is one of the great uh, swings. An- Anthony
1: season. Bennett is...
2: Anthony Bennett is, <laughs> is your number one He's overall He's the single selection. worst
1: draft pick in the history of the NBA.
2: Number two, also like Bennett and, of course, Johnny Flynn, strong enough Wolves ties.
1: Oh, Darko Milicic. Man
2: yeah. from heaven. Man <laughs> oh. from heaven.
1: We clean up that list, boys. Uh, what did you have the rest of the list? Because I'd love to know. Derek Williams at number two overall was such a... It turned out to be... If you looked at... Uh, he's a workout wonder. The guy can obviously jump through the roof of an arena. Um, he's got a nice shooting motion from long Where's range. Where's he playing now? He was with the Knicks for a minute, wasn't he? Or the Kings uh, or something? He, was it yeah, the Kings last year? No that idea doesn't matter. Where he ended up.
2: Uh, Kwame Brown was number four. Uh-huh. Number five... Nicolas Sh- okay. Go, oh, oh, no. Skidishvili. Yeah, that's it. He
1: was a Timberwolf too at one point. Oh, that's right. That's right. Once you say the
2: name, I don't have to pronounce when? it. Nicolas Skidishvili. Yeah, he was uh, number five by the Nuggets uh, God, back in 02. Yeah. Uh, Hashim Thabit Memphis Grizzlies. You had number seven, Jan Vesely by the Wizards. Having to scroll through this page by page, this is annoying. Uh, Dewan Wagner, that. Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a six overall selection. Adam Morrison, Charlotte Bobcats. And rounding <laughs> out the ten, well, I forgot about him. Adam Morrison. Uh, yeah, I feel one. bad. Greg Owen, number ten. But that's, that's not. Tough. That's, that's, not a, that's, his that's fault. mostly injury related.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that. I mean it's a bad pick, but <gasps> not his fault entirely. In okay, that's difficult. Yep. Uh,
2: Reggie Bush. Remember this one a few a few years back?
0: He's back. Beauty. A lot of hang time there, and Reggie Bush on the 8-yard line, giving ground inside the 5. Flag is down, and you know what that means. And Bush is pushed out of bounds. That normally is an illegal block or holding on the return, and Reggie Bush pushed out of bounds, and he is slow getting up.
3: He's very slow getting up. I do remember this.
2: In St. Louis. Towards ACL in St. Louis because they had that concrete ring Surrounding the outer edge of the playing surface right up by the stands. And uh, he took a tumble and tore his ACL. He was done. And basically the crew was at that point pretty much done. Yeah. He's rich. He's rich now because of it. St. Louis jury awarding Reggie Bush about $12.5 million bucks to be paid by the Rams organization, <laughs> formerly of St. Louis, because he sued them for negligence or whatever it is. So St. Louis is sticking it to Stan. Yeah, exactly, and,
1: that. and and so he probably would have played another two to three years, and that's what they're that's what he's arguing that the twelve million dollars in salary. But yeah, like that was. Like, why would you not tarp that or have some sort of, I don't know, barrier? The beauty of it is... Now,
3: was the stadium commission named as well and, and let off the hook? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I don't
2: exactly know how the money's going to be divvied up. But yeah, it was between the, the, the Rams, St. Louis Convention, and Visitors Commission. All so right. that's all it is. But the best part is the argument that was made against Bush by the Rams or whoever was you know, making that argument was that, well, if you check the video, we feel he actually popped the ACL as he was going
1: out oh, of bounds okay. right before he fell. You can clearly see that, uh, yeah, his <laughs> knee buckled here. You see, if you slow it down <laughs> to the NBC at Super Slow Mo, you can see his, uh, his PCL pop here. <laughs> I
3: feel awful for Stan Kroenke. It's I feel tough, just it?
1: awful for him. Man. Security detail at TCF Bank Stadium just for a bath and Shutting break. Shutting off the bathroom. Bathroom <gasps> yeah. Ridiculous! We all love our Judd Bot 3000 when he makes an appearance, right? It's been a while;
2: I miss him. Well, last week we had to bring Dave Bot 3000 for questions because that was a little struggle yep. for me. We now have press conference Bot 3000, boys, courtesy of Antoine. Uh, excuse me, that's the player Pedro Morada of Radio Network Cadena Ser. He's from Spain. And the French national team has a guy named Antoine Griezmann. Plays for France, but he also plays for Atletico Madrid when he's not playing for the French team. Hmm. Word is, at least the rumors are, he might want to be making a move for his club team. He's not so uh, keen of staying in Spain. So a Spanish reporter showed up at the press conference for the French team. And, hey, I got a question for you guys, and I will ask it in Spanish, to which the French guy... You will hear, uh, well, actually, we we'll won't hear it here, but I'll tell you, the uh, French PR guy said, hey, hey, questions only in French, please. You know, uh, a la Francais or whatever. You, you can't ask questions in Spanish here. We're only doing it in French. Pas Francais. As a way to, hey, you can't ask that question. Ha ha. Well, genius brought his iPhone
0: voulais vous demander si vous avez pris la décision de continuer à l'Atletico Madrid ou si vous allez No,
2: question suivante. Vous guy shutting him down again. No, he but he typed it in Spanish button. into the phone, French translator into the microphone. Pretty amazing. How
3: could he shut him down? That was genius and he was right to do it.
1: I agree. That's, That's crap. Innovative. Yep. I think Judd's going to have to implement this at some point. Perusing a locker room. I think um, I don't know. Maybe it's um, maybe it's like the next Nishioka. You come in, you try to be respectful and ask and a question and Japanese. My phone translated exactly. <gasps> yeah.
2: Were your dads when you were growing up? Were they let you win kind of dads? You're like, playing a game in the you know playing a basketball game or playing a board game, whatever, and
1: they'd obviously let you win because you were the kid. Um, my dad used to hammer me at chess when I was a kid. Not really, to be honest with you. No, not so much. I think mine would, yeah. I mean he like, let he let would, yeah. like he would yeah. Like he would you know, he would uh I don't know. I think he tr- I think he mostly tried to beat me, but maybe let the games <laughs> go longer than they That's that fair. Okay. Graham Gano kicks for the Carolina Panthers.
2: <laughs> That's his day job. Judd, you've seen this?
0: Yes, it's great.
2: <laughs> Yesterday he showed up back to the house, I'm assuming after minicamp and he saw his wife and two young sons. Playing a game of kickball in the driveway.
3: Oh, you can kick it, but (laughs) you (laughs) don't kick hard.
0: Yes, home run, baby.
2: <laughs> he trucks the bases. Oh, that's as he was circling the bases, and the wife is just there's these tall, tall trees that are behind, and he had to kick it at least two thirds of the way up the trees. <laughs> he just blasted Where did this it thing end up. Then, video. Like and, and three the, houses down? Yeah, the wife is turned around watching the thing, and the sons are just like, Come on, Dad! Well, you can kick it, but you don't kick it hard. Don't kick it hard, she says.
1: <laughs> just listen
2: to
3: that. <laughs> Yes! Home run, baby! Oh, happy he is, too. <laughs> I hope he enjoyed that, because I got a feeling that last night was pretty frosty in the Gano household after the half.
1: Oh, how could it be? Is he one of those dudes, those softball, D-League softball bros? Don't kick it hard, okay? It's just my swing, just bro. My swing yeah. bro. It's, it's just my swing, bro. It's just my kick, do. bro. It's what I do for a living! <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And
2: let's all be very happy. And your Andrew Luck is throwing high school size footballs. Andrew?
1: My goal is to be ready for training camp. Uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm throwing 100 balls every day, you know, six days in a row. There's going to be a plan. You know, Frank and I have have had some really, really good conversations and we'll continue to have great conversations. But uh, big picture, my goal is to be able to throw uh, as much as I need to on, like, a game week. A Monday, or sorry, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at practice. And then a Sunday. Let it loose. No count, nothing. You know, you got to go and let it go. He's yeah. so awkward. Yeah,
3: he really yeah. is. He's so awkward. It still doesn't sound good. Like when he's talking about, I'll start throwing on Wednesday, but then I'm not going to turn it loose. It, I don't know. It's, it, seem, it seems like something's still wrong. Yeah, he hasn't played in two years. No, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it seems like this is, I, I've got a bad feeling that this might not end well.
1: But he'll be wonderful <laughs> on Monday Night Football in about two years when he's as a without, color commentator. <laughs> What I have to
3: do.
1: Yeah. You ever look at Andrew Luck the same
2: way after you saw the commercial where he plucks his beard out and gives it to people? Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little I, weird. I, yeah. I, I, every time I saw it, I was like, ah, I, I can't take you seriously, and you kind of creep me out, Andrew. Thanks for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. It's weird. It's the bad vision. <laughs> I visual. never thought of it that it's way. It's like
2: the kid with the Skittles in his face. If I ever see him in real life. Yeah. yeah. You a, know I'm that well commercial on that, one. that one's me. weird,
1: where she plucks a Skittle yeah. off his face yeah. and then eats Is it. Is this contagious? I don't think so. It's really gross. Yeah, I don't like that commercial I'm that on that one,
0: yeah. Mackie and Judd. Hang on. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Well, oh, you don't really have a choice. On 1500 ESPN. Yeah. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Let's make this older, All dumpier, in, right? and whiter. There you- <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
2: 1500 ESPN is your chance to win your way into the X Games. Check out the 1500 ESPN stream player. And listen on air for ticket giveaways. X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium July 19th through the 22nd. Featuring competition from the greatest action sports athletes. Musical performances by Cascade, Brother Ali, Ice Cube, and Zedd. Plus, X-Fest and the X-Fest Interactive Village. More details at 1500ESPN.com keyword events.
1: Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, I, uh this article came across fifteen hundred ESPN.com. Jake DePew, who covers the minor leagues for uh for us. Does he he's once in a while he'll come on the Touch Mall podcast. He was on our show last week. And he this is this is just I love I love the premise of this, but it's really depressing to look at this list of players. Now, the article is entitled Five Players the Twins Cut Loose Who Could Have Helped This Year's Team.
3: Uh-huh.
1: I'm just gonna go through these real quick for yep. fun. One of them is Nico Goodrum. And uh, and these are players the Twins just cut bait on or just had no use for anymore. And I don't blame them for all of it. Like Nick, Nika Goodrum, he's kind of a utility guy. They booted him off the 40 man roster last November, and then they could have signed him as a minor league free agent because he cleared waivers, but he went to Detroit instead. And he's been their number five hitter in the middle of the order. He's got. An OPS of like 750 so far and 155 plate appearances, and he could have played any position for the Twins. They could have used him. Daniel Palka, who was DFA'd in November by the Twins, and he got on base a couple more times last night. He's slugging 520 in 131 plate appearances for the White Sox, batting in the middle of the order there. And uh, and he was a guy that the, tw- the Twins acquired him in a trade from, was it, Arizona a few years ago? And then he mashed a little bit in the minor leagues, and now nice he's with the White Sox. Keep going. John Ryan Murphy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's he's slugging 546 with the Diamondbacks. Eight home runs and five doubles and 102 plate appearances through Sunday's play. And he's been among the most productive offensive catchers in the game so far. And combines that with some solid defense behind the plate. And he's now Arizona's starting catcher with a shot to make the All-Star game. And
3: he would have been your starting catcher. And so you turned Aaron Hicks into a John Ryan Murphy, into a pitcher who's not giving you a ton. That's your big miss. Yeah. That's a big mistake. Uh, and then the two, the two pitchers, because the Twins, the Twins have actually
1: had some pretty good you know relief pitching once we got through the April jitters with uh, Fernando Rodney. But... JT Shagwa started hot for the Dodgers. They sent him down. He had a bunch of strikeouts, so he's been kind of kind of up and down since, since May. But the other guy, too, the Twins DFA'd Randy Rosario in November. Yeah, he's been really good for the Cubs. He was claimed off waivers by the that. Cubs. Yeah, so he had a .47 ERA with the Iowa Cubs, A Iowa Cubs, and then was called up to the big league squad in May. In 10 and two-thirds innings with the Cubs, Rosario has a .84 ERA, And has been pitching in the late innings for them. He's not just a a guy. Yeah,
3: he's been fantastic for them. So
1: those are five guys the twins cut bait on that could help. I mean, you could play this game with almost any team, but specifically the catching The Murphy one
3: though drives you crazy.
1: And the fact that Aaron Hicks kind of blew up for the Yankees, and then you really got nothing out of Jerry Murphy. You're getting
3: absolutely nothing from a guy who you expected originally to be good. Then you trade for a catcher, which you which catching depth, by the way, a problem here. So you basically had it. And you gave it up for a pitcher who is going to help you, but probably not that much. So, yeah, that's the one that you look back on and be like, ah, I think I, w- I would have had a bit more patience there. Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, the Twins are, let's see here. I haven't looked at the standings this morning. They have passed the Tigers now after their win last night. They are now a half game up on the Tigers. It's like Gardy's not happy, damn it. And and Miguel Cabrera is out for the season. So, uh, five games back of the Indians still here. Indians are back. The They're back above 500
3: at 35 and 30. That's why Gardy's very upset today. How, how dare you question his pitching? He's going to have to get
1: used to it because he didn't exactly
3: sign up for you a juggernaut remember?
1: contending team. And now that Miguel Cabrera is going to be out, I think he interviewed, I believe I'm almost certain
3: of this for the Red Sox job. He did. He was a few. I said of the at the finalists. time, what are you, you doing, Ron?
1: Yeah, he was one of the
3: three finalists, wasn't he? For that With job? your health and your I mean, can you imagine him in Boston every day you win and they question you? If he had gone to Boston, he would have melted down on April 3rd. He would have been like, "Well, you're questioning this? Yeah, it's the Boston Press, Ron. I when he when he was involved in that job, I, I wrote, I said, he's crazy. If he gets hired there, this is absolutely crazy. I mean, Detroit's tough, but it's not Boston. But if you put Ron Garden higher in Boston or New York or something like that, the man would lose his marbles within a week.
1: Yeah, if between pay, tabloids, if it pays and, four million dollars, I think you can let your.
3: I'm worried about his health. Levels, levels then. go up. I don't know about that. Uh,
1: Home run, write that down predictions. You guys ready for this? Swinging for the fences? Dave hates this. I'm more than ready. Because he's hitting 400 on the year and doesn't want to taint his batting average. Never been a power hitter. I'm a doubles guy. Well, okay, Joe. They got... And you know what? I'll throw one, just in case you guys haven't uh, thought about it this way. I think they have to come off the board by the end of the calendar year. So they have to count for this year's batting average. You can't cop out and be like, oh, in five years... Judd's gonna buy Bat and Barrel, like it's got to be
3: home run <laughs> wow. predictions that come off the board at the end in, of the year. I'd love to invest in Bat and Barrel so I could change the stupid name and bring a bullpen card in too. Other than the name, do you let, do you enjoy Bat and Barrel now? I can't get past the name. I just can't. Sorry. If it was
1: named something else, One, would you say that your initial opinion on Bat and Barrel was maybe
3: misgraded? if it hadn't been if it hadn't been the Metropolitan Club? I wouldn't feel this way, but they had a great I'm name. Fishing. I'm fishing. They had a fantastic... Trying, no, Phil. it's over. It's over. You lost. You lost the point. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for playing, Phil.
0: Sit tight. The Becky and Judge Show will continue in a moment. No, no, I got no you. Now. I need it now. Yes. I can't wait. Becky and Judd. On
3: 1500 ESPN.